Ça passe tout le monde. C'est Magda. You know your host, Magda Desir of Unloaded and Uncovered Podcast. How are y'all? Thank y'all, thank y'all for tuning in. Welcome, welcome. Today is Thursday. As you always as you already know, every Thursday I drop a new episode. Okay? You can find me on, on my socials. Um, Instagram at Haitian Sensation13. Facebook, Magda Desir, and you can also like this page, like this page for this podcast on Facebook. It is called Unloaded and Uncovered. So last episode, I talked about, what was it, talked about change and how it's, um, how, you know, the change that's coming for me and the change that we all have to go through in order to level up um, into the new new parts of our lives and things like that. So um, I thank y'all for listening. I thank y'all for sharing it. I thank y'all for tuning in. Y'all, you all are the MVPs. And remember, I am not doing this podcast for me. It is for you. So today, new episode. What do I want to talk about today? This has been a topic, a very touchy topic um, when it comes to the black community and when it comes to the diaspora um, the differences in culture from Afro-Caribbeans and Africans and African-Americans. You know what I'm saying? Like, there is this stigma when it comes to the diaspora and the African-American community. And each part of the African-American community and the diaspora, they both think the other one is worthless. <laughs> I'm not saying it in the sense of like, you know, one is better than the other, but I have heard plenty of times that people uh, think that the diaspora thinks that they're better than the African-American community and the African-American community thinks that they're better than the diaspora. The diaspora, which would include the African and Afro-Caribbean community. Now, this is like, you know, back in the day. So it's a little still a little bit of that going on right now. But however, with all things that are happening, with things that are transpiring, you know, with p- police brutality and and um and all the stuff that's going on within the black community as a whole, a lot of us are starting to be more accepting of each other, more accepting of our culture, of each other's cultures and wanting to learn more and things like that. And a lot of people a lot of African Americans are going back and forth to the continent of Africa to visit different types of countries. I mean, to different to visit different um, African countries within the continent of Africa. But there are some things that, um, you know, people think within the community, black community, and the diaspora community, that um, we think that we're better than everyone. I just want to I want to be the first to tell y'all though. No one is better than the the other person because when we are here on American soil in the United States of America with the three K's, white people look at us as as just that, black people. They don't give a damn if we're from Nigeria, Ghana, Guyana, Haiti, Jamaica, Dominican Republic, Cuba, um, Congo, Kenya, Zimbabwe, South Africa, you know, they don't give two shits. They just see black skin and you're just black and that's that. So what I want to talk about is the fact that I need all of us to know and realize that um, we're all one. We are all one individuals. We're not better than the other. We're not 
um, smarter than the other. It's it's ridiculous. I know I never. The thing is with me growing up in a Haitian culture. I just want to let y'all know this. Growing up in a Haitian culture, especially growing up in the nineties, um, there have been times where you would hear about situations from older from the older generation where they would talk about. Um, you know, the African-American community see how to talk about how, you know, they they're lazy and they don't appreciate the education system and this, that, and the third and all this other stuff and blah, 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 blah. They don't work hard. I've heard that. Have I seen it? Yes and no. Um, and I've also heard from the African, African-American community that we think we are better than everyone and that, um, uh, we don't belong. They would tell us to go back to our country and, you know, and, and taking up space and things and, and things of that nature, which is fine. You know what I'm saying? Cause, and I've also, I've also heard those African-Americans telling the diaspora to go back to their country and then the diaspora responding, like, at least we can go somewhere. That's a low blow, but in actuality, you know, it's kind of the truth. Um, and I'm not saying that to be facetious and I'm not saying that to be an asshole, but you know, we know where we came from. Well, part of the diaspora, me being a part of the diaspora, we know where we came from and we know our history and we know our, and we know, um, you know, we just know, we just know where we came from and we know our history. It's unfortunate that the African American community does not have the same, um, how do you say that? They don't have the same uh privilege to know where they came from because of slavery you know they were owned by um a white family and they had to take on the name of that white family so with us even though a lot of us a lot of the diaspora did experience slavery they just we just experienced slavery within the 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 country the black countries that we just stayed in so for instance for me I'm Haitian right parents are from Haiti we definitely came from Africa for sure what country not necessarily sure however my family stopped in the Caribbean that was it they just stayed in the Caribbean they didn't go anywhere they didn't go no further than Haiti um also so I know where I came from now I'm going to talk about my actual ancestry in a different episode. That's more part of the African spirituality base, but I'll get into that in another episode. That one will be a little bit deeper. That one's going to actually give you show actually give you a sense of who I am um and where my ancestors came from and my ancestral lineage. So that's going to be a whole different other episode. But this one in particular, I feel as if um, the, it's, it's important to talk about this because being Haitian and then growing up in America, I had to live in two different cultures, okay? Two different cultures, one was very, very strict. The other was not so strict. Um, well, from my my point of view, my point of view and my perspective, 
I don't know. I never grew up in an Afri- African-American household, so I'm not exactly sure how strict African-American households are. Maybe there, I'm, I'm probably will produce a part two to this and get someone who, and get, you know, one of my friends who actually grew up in an African-American household so that we can talk about the differences and the similarities of um, growing up in an actual black household, one being Haitian and one being African-American. I think that'll be a dope episode, but I'm going to try and see... I'm going to try and find somebody who can eloquently talk about that and um, give me their perspective and um, and see what the differences are and what the similarities are. But growing up in a Haitian household, um, African-American culture was not allowed past that threshold, okay? Once I came in the house, it was 100%... 1,000, maybe 1 million, no, 1 trillion percent Haitian, okay? From the food, the language, the music, the um, <laughs> the TV shows, you know what I'm saying? Like, it was 100% Haitian. The only, there's three things. We all joke about this. Every Haitian jokes about, every Haitian American or Haitian millennial or any first generation or second generation Haitian jokes about this. There was three L's in the house. Three L's that you had to abide by. Dang, what is it? L'école, l'église et la caille. L'école, l'église, la caille. L'école, school, l'église, church, la caille, home. Those were the only three places that you were allowed to go. As a- I got cut off from my last episode. I mean, while I was speaking. Um, got a phone call. Anyway, so... Um, what was I talking about? L'église, l'école, la caille. So those are the three L's. School, church, home. Okay? Those are the only three places that we were allowed to go. Allowed to do anything. Um, you barely were able to have friends. Well, I wasn't. I'm, I mean, you know what? I'm just going to talk about my experience. I barely was able to have friends. Um, no sleepovers. Uh, no phone calls. <laughs> no boyfriends. No nothing. Like, it was rigid. It was, um, you know, I wasn't able to, I wasn't able to do a whole lot of nothing. Um, I Interestingly enough, I did have a few sleepovers, but they were like co-ed sleepovers. Um, that my mom, one of my mom's closest friends that she grew up with in Haiti, she had two sons. So I would go to their house sometimes and spend time with them and my mom would only allow me to go to another one of her close friends um uh who wasn't Haitian or black she was of course Caucasian she would let me go to their house anytime I don't know what it was what it is but anybody that looked like us she was like uh-uh but when it came to that that house she was like cool go ahead and I would be like mm, I don't know about this as a child so, um, I barely was able to do anything, like literally anything. Um, church was trash. I hated church. I, I did, I loathe church. I hated church. Um, church was horrible. Um, it was just all these old bunch of old people just, it was bad. <laughs> like the church experience for me was trash and it was tragic um, I only had, like, I had friends in school, but I didn't have, 
a lot of friends, like, I wasn't able to, like, really play with the friends, I mean, the kids in the neighborhood. Um, I wasn't able, if I was outside, I had to be literally right under the window. Like, I couldn't go past, I couldn't do anything. Like, if my mother didn't see me, that was it. Um, when she would, you know, be in the laundry room, I would, she would have to see me. I know our parents would be like, oh, you know, you can't go past the alley and things like that. And things like that. No, me, I really had to stand in one spot and I could not move. It was horrible. It was the worst of the worst of the worst. Um, I wasn't allowed to hang out with family that much either. Um, if I went to, you know, a sleepover at my cousin's house, my mother would be calling constantly um, to see what I'm doing or if I'm there and things like that. Like, it was, when I did, sneaky links was impossible for me to, to do. Sneaky links were highly impossible. Boyfriends, I don't know how I did it. <laughs> I had boyfriends. She ain't know, but I was slick with it, though. I can tell you that. Um... For sure, I definitely was. I definitely was slick with it. But it was, it was, it, from my experience, it was horrible. So I would watch all the other Haitian kids, you know what I'm saying? They get to do the things like this and all this other good stuff. And me, I barely was able to do anything, go anywhere. The only thing I had, I was able to do was go to the store and come home and go to school and things like that. So the the way that I was able to stay outside of the house and somehow collect friends was through um, sports, activities, you know what I'm saying? Like student council, um, track, cross country, whatever I can get my hands on and do that was that allowed me to stay outside of the house to have a little social life, I did. Um, and then I was also in this, oh, I hated that too. I was also in this um, scholarship program. I hated this scholarship program, number one. The reason why I hated this scholarship program was because it was ran by white people who were helping low-income students to go to private schools. Like, they would pay for our tuitions. So they would get donors to help pay for our tuition to go to private school. And I went to a private school. I went to an all-girl high school. I hated that shit, too. Like, it was just, (laughs) my life was just, it was horrible. Um, and I had a problem with the fact that this scholarship was ran by white people who kept, I don't, I just didn't understand how it it worked. It just didn't work for me. But having a Haitian mother, education is very important. So that's what I'm talking about. And in, in respects to African American community and the diaspora community, education is extremely important. They came here with a game plan. They came here with an agenda. Most of them, most people that migrate from another country to America come here with a game plan and they come here basically for education, better opportunities and for a job period. That's what they came here for. And growing up in a Haitian household, education and job pretty much education was a staple. Number one staple. That's it. You come here, you go to a private school, you do this, you do that, get an education, get a good job, this and the third. I, however, me, Magda, Magda Dazir, total opposite child of what the game plan was supposed to be. I hated 
the elementary, private elementary school I went to. I hated the private high school I went to. I hated the the scholarship program that I was in. It was just whitewashed to the core. And I was like, what the hell is this? Barely any black people in sight. Grew up on the north side. I don't even think I had a black teacher. I'm really trying to think about if I actually had a black teacher. Never, I don't think I've ever had a black teacher until I went to college. And she wasn't, she wasn't the best either. So it was just like, I'm in a world of, I'm in a world of, um, of black people wanting to be accepting, wanted to be accepted by white people. And my little black ass, the black sheep of my family was like, fuck this. I don't like these people. I don't like the situation. I want out. I wanted out of the culture. I wanted out of the school. I wanted out of the dynamics that were, I wanted out of everything. I wanted to experience the black culture. I was not even allowed to listen to B96 or WGCI. Because, you know, back in the day, I'm, well, I'm 33. Y'all know I'm 33. Back in the day, you was able to record, you know, your favorite song. You had the, te- you know, the cassette player and you had the radio on and you was able to push play and record at the same time to catch your favorite song or to catch the top 10 or the top nine and nine. You know what I'm saying? You was able to do that. Sh- you was able to do that back in the day. I had to do that. When I said I had to do that on the low, the sneaky links to do to to learn about um, the American, the African American culture, to learn the slang, to learn the dances, to learn all types of this stuff. I had to do that on the low. I remember when I bought my first CD. It was um, a Sean Paul. Was it Sean Paul? It was a Sean Paul CD. My mama broke my damn CD when I was listening to it. Like I had a little CD player, and I guess. I don't know what song came on, but she came in, she opened that bad boy and broke my damn CD, like destroyed it. So all the CDs, I had friends make me CDs and I would have to hide my CDs so she wouldn't know that I was listening to, you know, um, that I was listening to rap or hip hop or R&B or anything like that. I had to hide that shit. Had to hide it. Had to hide my diary. You're not allowed, in the Haitian culture, you're not allowed to have a diary. You're not allowed to have an opinion. You're not allowed to, um, you're not allowed to express yourself. You're not allowed to look at adults when they are talking to you in the eye. And let me tell you something. Again, me, Mark Dadazier, did every, did the opposite. I expressed myself. I had an opinion. I looked at adults in their eyes when they were talking to me because you're not going to talk down to me. I was not accepting the fact that I had to look down and humble myself while someone is reprimanding me. I'm going to look you dead in the eye all the time. Like they were just like, I can't believe she's looking me dead in my eye. She's disrespectful. She's this, she's that. She talks back. She's, she got a lot to say and the blah, 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 blah. All, anything you can think of, I did. I made sure that these adults knew that I was not going to stand for the, the bullshit that they was. Like, I even couldn't wear pants to church because they said, I promise you, this was told to me. Girls are not allowed to wear pants to church because it was in the Bible. Me, I said, point it out. 
Open the Bible. Show me the verse where it says that. Not one idiot in that church could t- could show me where exactly where it was at in the Bible. I said, I know, because it's bullshit. Y'all just making it up. You're making it up. It doesn't make any sense. I can't wear skirts. I mean, I can't wear pants to church because one is disrespectful to God and it's not allowed. I showed up to church in pants. Everyone damn near had a heart attack because I was the only girl in church with some pants. I didn't care. I just did not care. Because the culture in and of itself didn't make sense. Some of the things that was happening within the culture didn't make sense. And as I was looking at my, you know, friends that were within the African-American culture, I get to see them going outside, playing with kids, you know, having family reunions, going to sleepovers, doing this, doing that. I was seeing a lot of things. And I'm like, well, how come I can't do this? How come I can't do that? How come I can't do this and this and the third? Not understanding, like, the safety. I'm not, I didn't understand the whole safety precautionary measures that my mother was taking as a single mother. I get it now, but I never, but I really didn't have a childhood. I didn't have, I wasn't able to play with the kids in the neighborhood. I wasn't able to, I didn't go, of course, I didn't go to the public schools in the neighborhood because I was told those that went to the public schools in the neighborhood weren't that smart. That's what I was told. So that's why I was in private school my entire life. And I just want to let y'all know, private school is 10 times worse than public school. Don't ever think that private school is better than a public school. That is a lie. These teachers in private school think they slick. Some of these teachers in private schools are absolute and utter trash. They are just as abusive verbally as they probably are in public schools. I'm not sure. I've never been to one. But these private school teachers, no. Absolutely not. Would not recommend. Don't pass go. Don't collect $200. Don't even congratulate them or anything. Most of them was embezzling and stealing money out of uh out of the funds for the school, especially the elementary school I went to. The principal was stealing money out of the uh from the school so (laughs) i'm just letting you know right now no i wouldn't do it i wouldn't recommend is it a better education i wouldn't say it's a better education i just would say that the teachers are able to focus on the students a little bit more because they do have a two to one ratio you know what i'm saying two students and one teacher so it's a little bit smaller and it's a little bit more um more intimate um, on the teaching level and 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 um, on the educational level because the teachers are able to focus on a student if they're having difficulties or anything like that. Um, oh, snap. I didn't even see that. Sitting behind a car that got five eights in the window. Hey! You know what that means? Abundance. Anyway, focus, Magda. So that's that. The only time... How I got to learn more about the African-American community was when I got to college. Crazy, right? So I'm early teens, you know, late teens, early 20s. I'm in college. That's when I'm getting to understand um, the African-American culture. I knew about it in high school a little bit and things like that, but I really didn't immerse myself until until I got to college. I didn't really didn't immerse myself into the Afri- African-American culture until I got to college. However, 
when I was younger, I never told anybody that I was Haitian. <laughs> like, no one. That's why people were confused when they saw my name. They were like, you black and your name is Magda? How does that work? And I was like, um, well, my mom got, well, it's true. My mom did get my name out of a dream. But I never told them that my mother was Haitian. So when people would call the house, I would quickly pick up and answer the phone because my mama got an accent. Accent's thick as hell. My mama got an accent. My dad got an accent. Both of them still got an accent, and I don't understand how and why because they've been in the United States for over 20, 30 years. But they both have an accent. Thick as hell. And I was just like, oh, my God, I don't want nobody to know that my parents have an accent and I'm going to have to explain where I'm from and this and the third, blah, 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 blah. Um, so I would just tell people I'm black and I'm, I'm African-American. And I was like, yeah, my parents are from Haiti, but I'm not. <laughs> that was my story, and I was sticking to it growing up. Then as I got to college, I started seeing people. I mean, when I got to high school, you know, I saw I was interacting with a lot of girls that were from Ghana and Nigeria. And then they were just like, yeah, I'm Ghanaian. I'm, 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 I mean, I'm sorry. Um, I'm Ghanaian and I'm Nigerian. Ooh, like they were proud of their African culture. And I was like, no, I'm just black. I'm like, no, I'm just Haitian. I'm like, I'm Haitian, but I'm black. They was like, oh, that means you African too. Man, I got into it with a couple girls. I'm like, I ain't African. I ain't African. I didn't know the history of Haiti. I didn't know um, about a lot of the history of Haiti because my parents never taught me the history of Haiti. Crazy, right? You see me repping and you see me talking about it and things like that. I had to learn about the history of my parents' Um, country myself and from other people that were outside of my family so I had like this play dad that taught me the entire culture and history of Haiti my mother and my father didn't teach me shit about the culture and the history of Haiti I was not even allowed to even read or talk about the culture or the history of Haiti in the house but if I couldn't speak Creole, it was a problem. It was a problem. It was a problem. Like, I'm not, I'm not, I never understood that. Like, how is it that I can't learn about my culture, but if I don't speak the language, it's a problem. So it was a, when I tell y'all, it was a struggle growing up in that house it was a struggle growing up in that house. Y'all thought the first episode, wait, what did she just say about the abuse? Bruh, I barely was able to learn about my own culture, okay? If I found others, other Haitian Americans in Chicago or interacted with them and I wanted to speak Creole with them or we got on the phone started talking Creole, I was told to stop talking in the language, stop talking like that, stop doing this, stop doing that. So now as an adult, you know, my Creole is all over the place. You're going to get some Creole glitch. You know what I'm saying? And it's just like, oh, Magda Paca Capale Creole bien. Magda Paca Fe Baisa bien. Blah, 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 blah. Ceci, cela. And I'm just like, well, I was told not to speak this language in front of you or not to talk like this in front of you. Now I'm over here struggling to keep up with the language and trying to understand the colloquialisms of the language trying to understand the parables, you know, trying to understand, um, the things that, you know, some of, some of the, some of the, um, what do you call those? What do you call those phrases? Um, you know, the, 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 the type of phrases where you, you know, you can't, 
<clears throat> you can bring a, a, a horse to the water, but you can't make him drink. Those type of phrases. I barely know those in Creole. Like, I never experienced those in Creole. I never experienced anybody telling me those type of stuff in Creole in a different language. I've heard the, the you know, the English versions and things like that, the African-American versions and, and, you know, the show me your friends and I'll show you who you are type of uh, phrases, but I never heard of those in Creole. So now that I'm interacting with a lot of other Haitians and Haitians across the world, they're saying things I ain't never heard of before. And they looking at me like, okay, so you 33, you've been in a Haitian household this long and you ain't never heard this before. I was like, no, I honestly truly believe my mother is a white woman in a black woman's body because the only thing that she played around me was French white people wailing as if they in misery like that's the only type of music that was played around me and you know other music that was that came that she grew up on and then some of the music that came out in the 90s that's the only things that I that I know of that's the only type of music that I know of it's all French based barely any Creole barely anything I mean I know System Ben I know Tambu Combo I know um Bookman Experience I know all that, but what was played in the crib was French white people all day, every goddamn day. It it was nothing but that, and it was mis- it was horrible, strictly strictly horrible. So when I got to college, I was like, oh, now I have the experience, now I have the the time and the experience to learn more about the African American culture. And with that being said, um. I still didn't tell people I was Haitian. I don't know when this kick of everyone loving Haitian people came about, but I can tell you in the 90s, no one could stand our asses. No one could stand us. No one didn't like us. Everyone thought we did voodoo. Um, Everyone thought we were dirty. We ate mud pies. We did this. But now, you know what I'm saying? Uh early 2000s to now all of a sudden being Haitian is cool everybody want to eat our food everyone want to do this this then the third want to be Haitian want to be part of the crew want to rep you know what I'm saying I'm just looking like you didn't give a shit about us back in the day all of a sudden now it's cool to be African it's cool to be um it's cool to be part of the African diaspora and the Afro-Caribbean diaspora you know what I'm saying now everybody wants to learn soca and everybody wants to go to carnival everybody wants to be in juve everybody wants to put on the carnival um costumes and be on the road 20 you know what I'm saying all day in the heat just dancing and stuff like that now everybody wants to do the things that I grew up learning about and I grew up experiencing well I didn't really experience carnival and things like that because I wasn't allowed to but you know what I'm saying now everybody wants to be a part of that and it's interesting because it's interesting to see this and to experience this because even though I grew up in this culture I still wasn't able to do a lot of what I just mentioned and in the African-American culture, I was a little bit more accepted, but I wasn't. And in the, in the Haitian culture, I was accepted, but I wasn't. So this duality of culture, this dual personality, I mean, not personality, but this dual lifestyle of having to maintain the Haitian, having to maintain the Haitian culture and have to maintain the African-American culture. It was a struggle, but it was interesting, and it was fun, 
And <laughs> overall, it was one of those things where you're just like, you know what? You are who you are. It is what it is. Um, it's unfortunate that African-Americans think that we're, you know, we think that we're better than them. And it's unfortunate that the Haitian culture or Haitian-Americans think that some, not all, think that they are better than those that are here and from here and a part of the ADOS, the African Descendants of Slavery or whatever. The, I think that's what it's called, whatever the case may be. But it's not. The only difference is that the blacks that were enslaved here don't know where they're from. Having the advantage of knowing where you are from, knowing who you are, is amazing. It's a plus. You understand what I'm saying? And those that I come in contact with that are half Haitian or half Jamaican or half African, whatever the case may be, they have a little bit of it, but they don't have the full experience of it. And for me, I want to keep the culture. You know, I don't know if I'm going to end up with a Haitian. I, I don't know. I don't know if I'm going to end up with an African-American. I do know I will not end up with a Caucasian person because ah, that ain't for me. My preference is black. Please, black and black only. Black love is all I know, and black love is what is what I want. Okay? Not to disrespect anybody that's in an interracial relationship, but me... I want a black man to love and build with and procreate with. Period. He Haitian, cool. He half Haitian, cool. He Jamaican, cool. Nigerian, cool. We gonna pause on that one. <laughs> I love my African brothers, but we just we go okay. Nigerian, cool. Ghanaian, cool. Guyanese, cool. Kenyan, cool. Congoan, what Congoan? From Congo, cool. You know what I'm saying? Zimbabwean, cool. If he from Wakanda, even better. You feel me? But all I'm saying is that um, even though I didn't have the best experience in my culture growing up, I'm making the best of it now. Reason why is because I'm meeting the people. I'm meeting the people that are in my age group age group that I've been immersed in the culture that, you know, speak the language a little bit better to be that know some of these colloquialism phrases and things like that, you know, that had the camaraderie with family and things like that. I'm, I'm meeting them and I'm loving it. So I'm immersing myself in both. I'm immersing myself more into the Haitian culture and still immersing myself in the African American culture because I see it's a, it's an amazing it's an amazing uh, duality. I could jump from one boat, from one pond to another. When I boat, Magda, we ain't on no boats no more. I'm going to use, you know, I'm going to say yacht. From one yacht to another. So I can get from the Haitian yacht to the American yacht. And I can bring some people from the American yacht over to the Haitian yacht. Because we are just as accepting as any other culture. We black. We black. I don't see a difference in that. The only difference is a language. That's it. Culture's the same to me. Perspective's the same to me. Some of the values and the morals are the same to me. I don't see a difference. I just feel like it's it's a beautiful thing to experience two different types of culture and be able to share my experience with y'all that are listening and 
probably identify with with another Haitian that's probably growing up that's not able to do a lot of the stuff that I just mentioned or that has been immersed or in some whitewashed picturesque educational whatever system that they're like all right I'm done with this I don't want to do this anymore I don't like where I am I don't like that I'm not able to learn more about my culture I don't like that I'm not able to do you know learn more about the African-American culture blah 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 all these types of things but I say all this to say is we all the same we are all the effing same nothing is different except for the language and maybe a little bit of the culture maybe the food too I ain't gonna lie I'm 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 biased. Haitian food is better than anything in this world. I don't care if y'all like them ham hocks, you know what I'm saying, whatever, black black eyed peas, chitlins, whatever y'all eat in African-American culture, whatever Africans be eating, they jollof rice. Haitian rice is better than jollof rice. I'm going to say it. Ten times better than jollof rice. I don't care if it's from Nigeria or from Ghana. Fight me. Today I chose violence. I'm going to say it out loud. Haitian rice is better than jollof rice, period. Because y'all, Nigerians and Ghanaians all be making this red rice. We have jonjon. We have jikole avec a pois rouge. Jikole avec pois noir. Nous gain jis blanc. Nous gain... What do you call that? Rice and pigeon peas. And then nous gain sauce blanc, sauce noir, sauce rouge. Nous gain légumes, nous gain piquelis, nous gain bai ça. Parce que nous gain bon pile bai. Nous gain fritaille. Nous gain what? Like you y'all don't even understand the type of dishes that we have, bruh. You know what I'm saying? We got we nous même toujours gain fufu too. We have fufu too, but we don't call it fufu. Or you put it in sauce. Haitian food is just better. It's just, it's just better. Okay? Yes, it's part of the West African diaspora, the dishes. But baby... I chose violence. I'm choosing violence. Haitian rice is better than jollof rice. I said it. I will be able to say it in front of a Nigerian face. I will be able to say it in front of a Ghanaian face. I'm proclaiming it today. Haitian rice is better than jollof rice. Merci en pile. So with that being said, I don't really think there's a difference between us. There is a difference, but there isn't a difference. And I just think that if we are more accepting of these differences and we come together collectively to learn about each other and to be more accepting of each other, we will go a very, very long way. This, all this BS about one is better than the other, one is lazier than the other, this came from people that don't look like us, okay? That's where that came from. That's where it came from. Period. My experience in the household, growing up Haitian, being around people that don't look like me, was trash. Okay? It is what it is. But the experiences that I'm having now is so beautiful. 
it's allowing me to learn more about other African cultures and see where the similarities and where the differences are. But nine times out of ten, to be very frank and honest, I have not seen any differences within the culture, within the Haitian culture compared to African, any other African country culture or any African American culture. I haven't seen any. Some people have experienced it, but I haven't seen any. Any People are just talking and repeating the shit that they just hear. That's it. That's the only difference that, I, that I've seen. It's just people are repeating what their elders or what someone else said about this culture or about this set of group of people because that's what they heard, so they're just repeating it. But when I'm looking at it, I don't see a difference. I don't. I just see beautiful black people living, you know, having to adapt to the cultures that they were introduced to and having to adapt to the situations that, you know, was bestowed upon them and having to adapt to slavery and then coming out of it and adapt to something, uh, a new cultural identity and actually going back to try and find out where they came from and embracing that. That's the only thing that I see. And I believe if more Haitians and more, if more Afro-Caribbeans and more Africans, well, they are, they're more accepting to the fact that, hey, they don't know where they came from. We do. Let's help them find where they came from. Let's allow them to experience what we grew up on and what we experienced. It will be 10 times better. Instead of saying, oh, you just, you know, this group is lazy or that group thinks they better than them. Everybody going to say that. Stop listening to the bullshit. Focus on elevating yourself and elevating your knowledge of where you came from and learning more about the diaspora and learning more about the experiences because nine times out of ten, everybody experiences is the same. No matter what you say or no matter what you may think, at the very end of the day, when we are on this American soil, we are black. But once we leave this damn soil... You can be whatever the hell you want to be. Even when you're on the soil, you can be African if you want to. You can be Haitian if you want to. I can't. I'm not going to knock it. There's a lot of Haitians that can't speak Creole. And there are a lot of Haitians that, that don't know about their cultures and things like that. And there are a lot of Africans that can't speak their parents' native language. Who am I to tell you that you're not? So, I just think... The disparity is is sad, but it can work to our advantage if we work together and we learn together, we heal together, and then we recognize each other's truth. That's it. And leave these people that don't look like us alone. Let them have that nonsense over there. And let us focus on the true goal at hand. The true goal at hand is to being better and to, you know, learning more about who we are and going back and experiencing different types of our and experiencing our cultures and accepting it cuz ain't nobody better than nobody cuz guess what at the end of each other's life that's it it's over we dead well we our body dies but our soul lives forever all right i'm done come join me Thank y'all for listening to this episode. Um, I'm not on social right now. I meant to say that. I'm not on social right now. I'm taking a break. 
because uh, some of y'all, social is, is oh, God. Social is horrible. Social media didn't went. I don't know what's going on on social media, but it is not where it needs to be. But um, I'm not on social, but you can find me. But the only thing that I will be posting on social are these episodes. So you can find me or find my page on Instagram at Haitian Sensation 13. You can find my personal page on Facebook, Magna Desir. And you can also find this page for this podcast on Facebook, Unloaded and Uncovered. Um, please like and follow. I am Magda Desir, aka the Unapologetic Nonconformist. Yes, my website www.theunapologeticnonconformist.com. Ebum finiwi, nawe. Until next time.